The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Sweet, merciful crap! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Daddy! Now we already are. Just cool your tongue, Airman, because I intend to take issue with your performance. First of all, don't make fun of the weather here. And don't say that the weather is the same all the time here, because it's not. In fact, it's two degrees cooler today than yesterday. Two degrees cooler? <gasps> Me without my muff. <laughs> I'm trying to run a meeting here. You know, I hate the fact that you people never salute me. I am a lieutenant and I would like salutes occasionally. That's what being a higher rank is all about. Second, frankly, I found your I love a police action remark way out of line. How can you have the gall to compare the conflict here in Vietnam with a glass of cappuccino coffee? This comes off, I was just trying to be funny. Funny is good. Yeah. Funny is good. But then do it by using comedy and humor, not police action and coffee remarks. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Hi, everybody. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, May 1, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Uh, also brought to you by the uh, Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen, my friend Bo. Get the best lawyer in the world at thebowenlawgroup.com. Okay. Sweet, merciful crap! The, the news from, like, this morning is now officially outdated. The, <laughs> Certainly the news from Saturday is outdated and a lot of crap is going on. So let's bring him in right now. It's uh, TV's Buzz Burbank sitting right over there. Hi. Oh, Hi, Saturday. We were, we were just kids on Saturday. <laughs> oh, the, the salad days of Saturday. <laughs> Sit back with a glass of Country Time lemonade and reminisce about the olden times. You know, well, well, I, I, you know, I, you caught me on a an anxious day, yeah. and I'm, I, you've caught me asking myself, when will we ever get to sort of relax again? I know, and, and you know, some days I feel, well, we're very close. Uh, you know, this is good news. I can plan that vacation. And when are we going on vacation, or are we ever taking a vacation ever, ever, ever so. again? Right. I mean, I've been asking oh, the man. question since Saturday night. When will America be able to laugh again? Yeah, especially since Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, it's you know it's the start of summer, and I'm starting to think about getting out more and 
I, I look forward to being able to take some time off. I just that's right. I'm not sure when that would be. Well, speaking of the start of summer today, of course, is uh, May 1st, 2018. As I said at the uh, top of the show, and there's a tradition that involves you and a little ditty about May 1st that that goes back. God, it goes all the way back to the Don and Mike show where you were on that show, and you continued it through to the Michael Mara show, and now uh, we get to continue the tradition on this show and i'm so excited to share this with you let's have uh, I don't it know, i don't know why maybe maybe because it's tradition <laughs> yeah. no i'm gonna put it off another second the real credit for this has to go to a co-anchor of mine uh, back ah. in chicago karen hand and she and i were just the best radio news duo ever if i've heard tapes yeah and and we we just worked well together uh, like a machine. It was a wonderful time. But I got this from her, and and I adopted it. And so when I got on the Donna Mike show and uh, all the other shows I've been on since then, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I've been I've been fortunate enough to be on a show. I think every mm. uh, year since then. And uh, the, the I do this poem on whatever show I'm on, and I'm really glad that it that it gets to be on on your show this year. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, even though it's it's irrelevant to anything we're going to discuss. Today. <laughs> uh, the poem, the the rhyme, more correctly stated, goes: "Hooray, hooray! It's the first of May. Outdoor humping starts today." Yay! All right, there it is. And, and that's course- the radio. That's the radio friendly version. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, not only do yeah. I love the poem, but I also love the sentiment of the poem because uh, yes, know, it's yeah. the goal of everybody to eventually pursue that uh, that ideal. Outdoor humping, yes, it was it was the birth of the labor movement in this country. So, <laughs> so we have that, right? Yeah, so sorry. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely stuck in terms of what to call the show today, what to title mm. the show as, because I, my instinct is to go with outdoor humping starts today. But well, I, just maybe May Day because that almost has a double meaning. It refers to the poem and to the emergency we find ourselves in. But then there's also <laughs> yeah. th- this new nickname that we've heard over the last 24 hours, huh? uh, Cocaine Mitch. We now have a brand new nickname for Mitch McConnell named Cocaine Mitch. And it comes really? to us. Yeah, not from a progressive, not from a, uh, a Democrat running for Senate against Mitch McConnell. I don't even think Mitch McConnell's running this year. But right. uh, this comes to us from a candidate that we talked about last Thursday on the show, Don Blankenship, who's running uh-huh. uh, for Senate. He's running for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate in the great state of West Virginia. Okay, And he's one of these guys, Buzz, who's trying to co-opt the whole Trump thing. He's a Trump copycat is what he's doing. He's trying to... Yes. Yeah, trying to adapt all of the the Trump things over to his his campaign. For example, his first his first campaign ad, Don Blankenship's first campaign ad, is uh is basically a threat to arrest Hillary Clinton. Here's the little, little 10 seconds of it. We don't need to investigate our president. We need to arrest Hillary. Republican Don Blankenship stands with President Trump. I'm Don Blankenship, candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. He approves this message. And, he and, sounds really smart. I know, he is, and wait do you hear his next ad. But this is the guy who was running the coal mine, the upper big branch coal oh, yeah. mine, when it collapsed and, and killed, I don't know, three dozen men who were buried alive because of this guy's negligence, because this guy ignored all of the mining regulations, and he ended up doing a year in prison as a result of it, and now... He's there's a 50 50 shot. He's going to get the nomination to run as a Republican 
for the United States Senate out of West Virginia. Well, to be Virginia. a Republican these days, you have to have either already served in prison or you're preparing <laughs> to do so. <laughs> That's right. And Don Blankenship's got one foot in the door already. And mm. uh, here is his brand new ad. This is a brand new Don Blankenship ad in which he actually does the entire thing himself. And what you said about the tail end of the previous ad, well, multiply that times a thousand. <laughs> oh, because goody. <laughs> this guy isn't the smartest bulb. All right, here we go. Here's a new, here's a new Don Blankenship ad. Hi, I'm Don Blankenship, candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Ah. The politicians are running a lot of crazy ads. They blew up the coal mine and then put me in prison. Oh, now they're running oh ads God. that say the coal mine blew up, and I went to prison. <laughs> There's no surprise there. But if you want jobs, if you Music. want to end the drug epidemic, and you want to protect the unborn, you need to vote for me. <laughs> One of my goals as U.S. Senator will be to ditch cocaine Mitch. When you vote for me, you're voting for the sake of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh it just my ends God. like that. When you vote a for paid, <laughs> not A paid non-sequitur. Right. Unbelievable. I, 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 there's so much to ask. Now, I want to know, I have to know about cocaine Mitch, but before we get to that, I just want to underscore that this is a guy who's going to relate to the voters. He's going to connect to the voters yep. uh, who, like him, uh, own a coal mine that exploded and they went to prison. <laughs> That's so right. He's, he's already connected with the voter, and yes, that is concerning. That's right. He's <laughs> tapping into that demographic, isn't he? And, uh, and, and, then, and then he does the cocaine Mitch, and then he says it's for the kids. What the <laughs> hell was I know. that? So I mean, tell me about Cocaine Mitch. Okay, What's the deal so, there? yeah, so they released an explanation about Cocaine Mitch, and of course it has to do with Mitch McConnell. It says here, uh -huh. Mitch McConnell and his family have extensive ties to China. China! His father-in-law, who founded and owns a large Chinese shipping company, has given Mitch and his wife millions of dollars over the years. The company was implicated recently in smuggling cocaine from Colombia to Europe, hidden aboard oh, a company that. ship carrying foreign coal uh, was $7 million of cocaine. And that is why we've deemed him Cocaine Mitch, of course, involving... China. Uh, despite being a career politician for more than three decades, Mitch has become a millionaire while raising our national debt by $20 trillion. The biggest jump in his wealth came from a multi-million dollar gift to his wife, Elaine Chow, from her father, i.e. foremost maritime. The company uses ships chartered in Liberia, not America, or... China! Uh-huh. So... <laughs> goes on and on and on and of course this is so entertaining because of course it's taking down the uh senate majority leader in an election year in which the republicans could end up losing control of the senate well, if if democrats are going to fight among themselves as we discussed last week then I, i'm relieved to hear republicans uh, maybe fighting among themselves and and i i I, I too worry about these guys, Bob. I know you do very much because you you fear you. I know yeah. I know you fear a trend. Oh and yeah, a, yeah. In I that that's sense, yeah, yeah. It's a reasonable concern. Uh, what I what I've yet to see, what I'm holding out for, is any sign of a trend of success. I mean, yeah. even Trump voters might see this guy as a, a cheap attempt to copy. Uh, you know, Trump was refreshing to them because he came out and said things they hadn't heard. Guys like him or at least candidates say before um and this guy now is a me too copycat you yeah. know he's he's jumping on not that kind of me too can't use that anymore uh but he he too is he is a copycat yeah uh and and uh, maybe even identified by trump voters as such I, I i don't know how far they can get and i know that they're going to have to battle with uh, more reasonable republicans before 
facing a Democrat in a year that already looks blue wavy. Yeah. Well, two things. I mean, I don't even know if what he said here in this statement is true about Mitch McConnell. No. no Except no. the part about the spending, the national debt. Well, that, that is, is yeah, that is actually true. But the other thing is, uh, going back to what you were originally saying about how Dom Blankenship is is targeting that that demographic. I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously so. He's targeting the, the yeah, rubes yeah. in West Virginia, the Trump supporters in West Virginia, the red hats. Right. And uh, and the irony here is that Don Blankenship actually owns a two point four million dollar villa in Nevada, yeah. and I didn't yeah. even know, I didn't even know they had villas in Nevada. <laughs> I'm thinking of yeah, like they, the uh, Mediterranean and places like that. And this is how Republicans work. And I wish there was some way that uh, the American working class would see this more clearly. Is they are continually being duped yeah. uh, but there's got to be a more polite way to put it to them oh yeah uh that they're being misled by people who claim to share their values but have nothing in common with them at all and do yeah. not you know i mean if, if they complain about billionaires roseanne I, I saw bill maher talking about roseanne she complained about billionaires and supports trump who is a billionaire <laughs> right um you know so maybe these rubes will support another billionaire i it it astounds me. It astounds me that they see these billionaires as one of us. I know. I know. And and Trump's whole thing is actually uh, geared toward deceiving these people, deceiving yeah. these people yeah. that he isn't this uh, this billionaire crook, this supervillain who routinely has scammed the system. And in fact, I think in some ways mm -hmm. they actually like that. I think they like the fact that he's a villain, or at the very least they don't care that he's a villain because he's speaking yeah, for them. They just haven't realized yet <laughs> that some of that is some of that villainy is aimed at them. You know, it was really on display Saturday night when Trump Trump delivered uh, his latest rally designed to compete with the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And uh, and good job. I mean, he did a great job insofar yeah. as um, the, the news story became Michelle Wolf's remarks and not Donald Trump's remarks insofar as they should have been about Donald. I mean, everything that uh, occurred in the news on Sunday after this event should have been entirely about what Donald Trump said in Michigan yeah. Saturday night. But yeah. instead, instead, everyone was collapsing on their fainting couches like they were cosplaying Margaret Dumont or something like that, <laughs> and just just going nuts and rending their garments over what Michelle Wolf said about Sarah Huckabee right. Sanders. And obviously, the White House press corps not the best sense of humor over there at the White House press corps. They just well. I Specifically, the leadership of the White House Correspondents Association. I, yeah. I don't know if we can speak for individual correspondents, what uh, the folks from uh, the networks thought of this as they sat there at their tables. Yeah. Um, but but the, the, the way this was handled by the officials of the Correspondents Association was appalling. To say that they were honored to have her, that uh, she was chosen for what she does, and then to turn around and say, we didn't know she was going to do that. I know. Uh, and and uh, to be a dinner about free speech and then to apologize for free speech afterward was sickening. Yeah. Again, I don't think, I don't know who we should be condemning other than uh, because of the, uh, we don't have a, we haven't surveyed uh, correspondents to see what they think. But uh, certainly we can be disgusted at the leadership of the White House Correspondents Association on this matter. What 
pussies. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And it, it, between the White House uh, 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 Correspondents Association and the Trumpers, and I, I don't know which group I'm more angry with today. I guess I'm more angry with the Trumpers with regard to their reaction to uh, Michelle Wolf's uh, roasting of the president, roasting of the press corps, roasting of the Democrats, right, too. Right, roasting right. of everybody. That's the whole point right. of this whole thing. Right. They're equal opportunity offenders, and whether you get a liberal comedian or a conservative comedian, that's the, the goal. And, and by the way, conservative comedian, I understand the, uh, the the oxymoronic <laughs> yeah, nature of I that. I heard that. Yeah, I know. But I mean, as far as the Trumpers go, these are people who elected this loudmouth cartoon dictator, the presidency, and, and they don't get to want, because of that, they don't get to whine and cry about comedians who are controversial or obscene. They forfeited well, that right when they voted for Donald Trump to run the most powerful nation in the history of human civilization. When they did that, they don't get to bitch about bad taste or obnoxious jokes or jokes aimed at people's appearance because Donald Trump is the right. worst offender on the public stage of any of that. And he's not they even don't. joking. He's being he's not even couching it in, in the context of jokes and humor. He's just blurting this shit because he's a fucking buffoon. And that's why I mean, because he's Nobody. an asshole. That's why he's doing it. He's not making any jokes. Right. Right. Yeah. I saw a newspaper headline uh, that quoted a psychiatrist as saying, Maybe he's just a jerk. <laughs> right. uh, that's that's yeah. really, really. That, that, that might be the best analysis. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he knows that. Uh, this is nobody, no one has hurled as many tasteless insults. Yeah. As many, uh, as many terrible jokes, as many, uh, as many so-called filthy things. Right. As, as has Donald Trump and for him and his supporters, to turn around and shame a comedian for doing what a president should never do yeah. is, is uh, you know, I, what what universe are we living in? How do we, this is what I, the attitude I came into the show with today. What do we do? I, uh, I, I'm flummoxed. <laughs> I know. I'm flummoxed where it, it's, I, I feel like Eddie Albert on Green Acres. <laughs> I, I am, I feel like sometimes I, uh, you, I collectively, meaning I and you and uh, myself and other people, uh, we're Eddie Albert. We're, we are the only people, the only sane people in a town of insanity, in a town of, of, of ignorance and altered reality. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, we're all living like that times 10. Right. Well, now, I mean, again, going back to the irony of, of all of this is, is as this was going down. You know, in fact, if you were to do one of those uh, Google results matches between uh, between one set of search terms and another set of search terms and see which, which set of search terms were searched more often, mm-hmm. I, I bet the search terms Michelle and Wolf are much, much greater than... Um, than blackmailing John Tester. <laughs> if you were to right. put those two things in, and right. they happened simultaneously. The President right. of the United States blackmailed a sitting United States Senator. And I want to get to that in just a second. But, you know, it's impossible to take the Trumpers seriously when they are completely on board with a president who brags about what a sexual assault. He conspires and yeah. praises dick conspires with and praises dictators, normalizes Nazis in Charlottesville, blackmail senators, blurts, racist yeah. and anti-Semitic oh, agreed. slurs, agreed. investigates his opponents, obstructs justice, profiteers off the presidency, hires a traitor, by the way, to be national security advisor mm-hmm. and, yeah. and then oh, continues yeah. by calling all of his enemies by wacky nicknames like crooked, lion, crazy, leaking, slippery, dicky, wacky and goofy. Those are all actual <laughs> names that Donald yeah. Trump has used 
for his political enemies. And we're supposed to be sympathetic to the Trumpers and to Sarah Huckabee oh, no. Sanders no. and the White House Press Association when when they're offended by jokes by a comedian well, who most of them never heard of before Saturday night, by the way. Tragically, we live in tribes, and yep. uh, the, the Trump audience got to hear what it wanted to hear Saturday night, and and you were asking who to be madder at. <laughs> uh, I, I got to be madder at the left yeah, for arguing among themselves when they should have been addressing what Donald Trump said Saturday night right? for claiming First Amendment at every turn and then turning against someone who reasonably invoked that amendment? Yep. Uh, it's it, to see the press association mm-hmm. fold yep. on 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 a freedom of speech issue like this is heartbreaking. I expect that from the Trump side. I am heartbroken to see it from the left. Yeah, and the worst thing about it, Buzz, is these are people who were seeing, and this goes for Trumpers as well, they were seeing the specific joke about the eye makeup as being a crack about... How do I put this? Sarah Huckabee Sanders has kind of a, a dodgy eye. I don't know how else you would put it, but her eye, her eyes go in two different directions. I'm just going to say it outright, and just that's yeah, the observation. But, and everyone thinks that she was making fun of that, and she wasn't. Right. She was talking about no. the eye makeup, not the eyes right. themselves. The I joke think that was, was about makeup, not the woman's yeah. appearance. You know, uh, Sarah Sanders' face is not unattractive. I'll just say that. No. Not, she's not, it's not an ugly face. No. Her facial expressions are sometimes highly unattractive. <laughs> uh, but I suppose we all have moments like that. I'm having a day like that today. Uh, but they, no, it was a joke about makeup and not yeah, and not yeah. her appearance. It was a joke about uh, lies, really. It was about her lying, yeah, you right, know. <laughs> right, right. That was if there was a cruel part to the joke, that was that was it. All all be yeah. true. Uh, I, I just you know, Michelle Wolf didn't say anything she shouldn't have said. As no. you pointed out, this is a gathering, and I, I'm going to say celebrities, which wasn't so much true this year. Yep. Traditionally, it is a gathering of journalists. Uh, White House officials and celebrities, yeah, uh, to poke fun at journalists, White House officials, and celebrities. And you know, we may as well. I think somebody has proposed. Let's just do away with the damn dinner. The president isn't going anymore. It's done nothing but hurt us on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to 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 do it and then pussy out on it. So uh, you know. Maybe maybe we should just stop having the dinner. Uh, you know, the Press Association, the White House uh, Correspondents Association, uh, that function and others are charity events to raise money for scholarships. The, the, yeah. the organization has two functions, hand out awards and give scholarships. Sadly, uh, less and less of that money is going toward those journalism scholarships as more and more is spent on the dinner and on whatever. I'm not saying there's corruption there. I'm just saying... The money gets spent on other stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I I have to ask whether we should even uh, continue to do it, especially if we're not going to stand up for it when it happens. I I agree with you. I mean, I think if they're going to start meddling with the tradition of doing this uh, annual dinner where the president gets roasted, where the Democrats get roasted, where basically everyone in the room gets roasted to a certain extent. That's way whether it's Jay Leno or Michelle Wolf or Stephen Colbert, it always works out that way. And, and, And at the same time, I'm also a political traditionalist. I feel like we're abandoning so many of our political traditions 
Clinton in the era of this crazy person in the White House who is responsible well, temporarily for temporarily. Then, yeah, maybe, maybe suspend it until he's gone. Yeah, it's suspended <laughs> until he's gone until the president actually turns up at the event because that's supposed to be the point. I mean, you're supposed to have a backbone enough to be able to tolerate uh, uh, ten minutes of jokes at your expense, not a, a you know a wimp that runs off and cries to his his. Uh, he can. Yeah. He goes to his safe space up in Michigan at the same time, right? He can dish it out, but he can't take it. And <laughs> exactly. all this all this bullshit that you and I and others have had to endure for uh, what, a year, a year and a half after the election yeah. about being snowflakes. Yeah, I know. Who's the snowflake now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just such delicate sensibilities. And by the way, we're on day number three of Dennis Miller trying to come up with his Michelle Wolf jokes. Will, will the nation ever laugh again? That is the question as we await Dennis Miller's awesome comebacks to Michelle Wolf's jokes. In other news, Dennis Miller used to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, God damn it. Uh, But, I mean, here, at the same time, Michelle Wolf was making everyone shit themselves in Washington. Donald Trump was getting away with murder in Michigan, often as a little safe space. And he was uh, was doing, among many other things, he took credit for SpaceX. He took credit for Elon Musk's ingenuity because he yes. was saying he was talking about how SpaceX had the reusable rockets. And yeah, I watched the video and the rockets so beautiful. They come down and oh, by the way, Elon Musk, SpaceX and the rockets, beautiful rockets. And then they went up and down. And he added to that that NASA is back. Yes, you and know, that's the NASA. Yeah. NASA. Yeah. Yeah, he said NASA's back. NASA's back. Thus taking credit. Uh, for SpaceX, but then also giving credit to NASA. And NASA had nothing to do with nothing SpaceX. Nothing to do with it. Nothing whatsoever. Idiot. Yeah, absolutely. Which, uh, so he, again, he was demonstrating his ignorance of a, a topic on which he spoke. Right. Uh, to the uh, delight, I guess, of the uh, fan club he went to address in Michigan. Yeah, and then he also took credit for what's going on in Korea right now. He said oh, here, yeah. uh, you know, he started out in the voice of a critic, and mm-hmm. he said here, what do you think Trump had to do with it? And by it, he means Korea. And then right. he, re- he answered his own question by saying, how about everything? And I thought, you know, I heard that, and I was going, is that a joke? Is he joking? Are, are people in the audience no. saying, or, or do people actually believe that yes. he has everything to do with something that, that audience, he has nothing to do with? That, that audience believes. And <laughs> uh, as, as we may be guilty of, too, yeah. they live in an impenetrable shell. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's just, uh, until the guy goes to prison, they're not going to listen to us. Mm-hmm. And even then, many of them still won't. And that shell is the most impenetrable of, of all the bubbles out there. True, I mean, they, true. Because, because we have a lot more self-doubt on the liberal side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. But the yeah, other thing true, is, right. is that we tend to uh, listen to facts and we tend to listen to experts. And the other side, they don't know what the hell they're... I mean, when their own... They don't care. Pre- yeah, I mean, when their own that, president takes the word of Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade over his own national security advisors, that could be a, a strong indicator that there's something more Wrong. We, we have learned this year, yeah. uh, was, uh, well, maybe a month or two ago, I'm trying to, to timeline this, yeah. is when we learned that during the Roy Moore thing, and Moore was in, in touch with Steve Bannon and some other folks about how to, to deal with this, uh, one of the things he heard from a Bannon representative, one of the things that, the, uh, that, that Roy Moore's lawyer heard from a Bannon representative was... It doesn't matter if it's true. We just need to get it out there. Yeah. Whatever the whatever accusation they were going to throw out there, 
it was said very clearly uh, to that attorney for Roy Moore. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if it, because the lawyer was saying, well, that's not true. He may have been worried about his own law license. Yeah. The lawyer was was telling uh, the Bannon rep, well, that's not true. We can't say that. And, and, and the Bannon rep said, well, of course you can. Uh, whether or not it's true doesn't matter. Right. What, what's important is getting it out there. And you and I have, and others, have suspected that this has been the Republican strategy all along, and now we have a confession to it. Yep. And it continues to this day, and uh, we just go on like nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, it, basically Trump exists entirely because of the, oh, it isn't true, but let's say it anyway idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's his whole right. uh, MO. I mean, just yeah. li- lying at will. Taking credit for Korea when he has nothing to do with what's going on in Korea. Other than, you know, I guess you could make a case that to some degree, the Korean Peninsula in in its entirety is terrified because of the fire and fury crap from last summer. But beyond that, none of these peace talks between uh, uh, Moon and, of course, Kim Jong Un are have anything to do with Donald Trump. He didn't. Donald Trump didn't arrange that. He didn't broker that meeting and that that historic video of them meeting at the DMZ and shaking hands as Kim Jong Un walked across. That is zero to do with Trump, nor does well, SpaceX have anything to do with Trump or NASA or, or this. Oh, we, we just we just don't know how the Korea thing is going to turn out or how much right. of it is real. I think it's promising. I think that uh, the U.S. sanctions that existed before Trump and have been increased since yep. Trump uh, played a major role in this. I think. Uh, uh, Trump's uh, willingness to meet with Kim Jong Un plays a role in this. I I worry that even Trump's threats may have helped uh, bring this to a head. Yeah. Uh, to make this happen, so it'll be interesting to see what history decides. But history won't have to make a decision at all if, for any reason, this doesn't happen. Right. Um, we we this is very very early in the game and. Far too soon to declare mission accomplished, as Trump has essentially done here by saying, "Yeah, no, it was all me. I did this." Well, you might you might not want to take credit for a thing until you see how it turns out. Yeah, uh, because if it fails, then we can play that tape of him saying, uh, "I did that. This was all me." <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, we've been down this road twice before already, I believe, with mm-hmm. with North right. Korea, and it hasn't worked out either of those right. times. So right. it's possible that the third time's a charm, and it's going to work out fine this time, and, and great if it does. But, it, you know, the chances are that Kim Jong-un is going to renege, and just as soon as everyone's comfortable, off goes a missile. And probably just a missile test. I mean, I'm not suggesting necessarily that he's going to wait till we're all calm and peaceful before he right. fires off an attack against San Francisco or whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be the same thing as he's always done. Is he going to continue this? Because... The the entire missile testing process, the entire nuclear uh, testing process in North Korea, uh, secures Kim Jong Un's place as a leader, as an antagonist to the uh, capitalists and in, in other nations like you know the United States. And so that's Trump what he is does. so eager. Trump is so eager for this to work out yeah. uh, before the midterm elections. He <laughs> right. believes this. He believes this will help, uh, and we can reasonably worry uh, how careful he might be in these negotiations. Uh, you know, in his haste to get this done before the elections, right. uh, in his haste to get something else he can claim as a victory. Uh, I, whether or not it actually helps, I don't know. I know uh, my dad fought in uh, the, or at least served in Korea uh, wow. during that war from 1950 to 1953. 
uh, some period of time uh, in that. And uh, he is a very, uh, he has uh, bitter feelings about Korea, yeah, <laughs> having I'm having sure. slept on the ground in the winter there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's very hopeful and uh, a little bit optimistic about this. Uh, he's he's more open to this than I expected him to be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, officially on paper, the U.S. is still at war with North Korea. We stopped fighting in 53 and signed an armistice treaty. Yeah. But the war is officially declared still. And uh, one of the things that uh, Kim would like, aside from lifting the sanctions and not invading his country and overthrowing his regime, is he would like us to declare an official end to that war and resume normal relations. And, of course, that's all going to depend on how how many nukes he's willing to give up and how transparent he's willing to be about it see iran above yeah and, and meanwhile yeah. uh and and this is the last the last thing i want to say about uh, north korea but the fact is that mm-hmm. donald trump right now is teasing the idea of pulling out of the iran deal and somehow he right. thinks that by doing that it's going to further convince north korea to give up its uh, its nuclear weapons to give up no. its nuclear capability and come to the negotiation table when in fact it's going to do the opposite it's going to scare no. them away i mean it's why... going to convince the world that the u.s will not stick to any agreement yep exactly right that's exactly how it's gonna go and of course donald trump always makes things worse for donald trump but it's the first of may <laughs> that's right and and outdoor humping begins humping today starts today yeah, right starts yeah. today. okay so quick word about our patreon page and then i want to dig into ronnie jackson and everything that's going on with the russia investigation right now including these questions i want to get to the questions that that leaked so to the new york times so many things too many things too many things Okay, listen up. Doing a huge push for our Patreon page. We've been doing this for the last couple of months. My goal is to bring in enough new subscribers right now to add a Wednesday show because, of course, there's not enough... Uh, there aren't enough shows to fill you know, to, 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 to to basically get in all the news that's happening at right. the same time. Uh, and if everyone listening right now signed up for just $1 a month, we'd far exceed that goal. We'd be able to add a Wednesday show. We'd be able to work in more news into a, cur- into a week and commentary. Also, let's talk about subscribing for $15 a month. That is our top level for just uh, $1.88 per show. That's $1.88 per show. That's a bargain at twice the price. We pass the savings on to you. So in addition to the free Tuesday and Thursday shows, you'll get two postmortem shows per week, plus the Friday after party every week, and my exclusive reading of the Steel dossier, and lots of other bonus extras. We did the uh, Imperial Clown Car March at the end of last month, and we're going to do more uh, premiums like that. And we'll take out all the commercials. It's at the $15 level. We'll take out all the commercials from the free shows, too, but only if you sign up at $15 a month. Just go to bobseska.com and click the all-caps page. Patreon link beneath the logo at the top of the page. And please go go tell all your friends. Do it now. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link at BobSeska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo. Click that link, and it'll take you right to the front page of Amazon.com where you can go shopping as normal. But because you used our link, we get a teeny tiny commission from some of the things you purchase there. Thank you so much for doing that. And people ask me, they say, Buzz, how is it that Bob can uh, deliver subscriptions to his show at such an amazingly low price? And I say the answer is easy. Volume, volume, volume. 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 (laughs) Indeed. Okay, so uh, oh, you know what? On Thursday's wow. show, we had we had a very special guest on our Thursday show last week. With uh, in addition to Jody Hamilton from the Stephanie Miller show, 
the president of the United States, Donald Trump, called our show. And, uh, oh, wow. I, He's I, been doing that a lot lately, I've noticed. Yeah, and he was just motor mouth Don and uh, just kept talking and talking and talking. And I left the phone line open Friday, uh-huh. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I just wanted to see if he would keep He's going. Gonna, I mean, he can't still be there. I, I, I think he's still going. I mean, I'm just going to pot up no, the uh, the phone line how. signal here and see if he's still going. He's professor, still going. Have to have FBI clearance, which he never said. He even lied about that because he never said that in Congress. Still, he said he gave still it to a friend. Talking. And he gave it to a friend. Mr. Pre- classified Mr. Trump. It's all classified. It was totally classified. I'm questioning. Legally, he did an illegal act. I think Boz has a question. In order to get a special counsel against me. So a special counsel, by the way. I think I was just going to. I'm going to turn his volume down again. We'll we'll maybe check wow. back in later. He just keeps See if he going. takes a breath. Yeah, maybe he'll take a breath at some I point. Know. He can jump in. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think a resu- I think the reason he's such a such a motor mouth these days is Ronnie Jackson's been giving him some goofballs. I think he's a. Uh, He's all hepped up on goofballs. He's yeah, a, yeah, I yeah, I saw that you've wondered about that, and I I have to say that's a reasonable question. Yeah. I, I I tend to think that although that certainly could be a factor, it's also a little panic about the list of questions that uh, yeah that he's just seen from Robert Mueller. <laughs> that, uh, that, that would make you a little jumpy, also. Yeah. Well, I mean, in case you're just joining us, my ongoing theory is that uh, Donald Trump, and in, in all seriousness, I actually believe yeah, no, that there's true. a possibility this is true that Donald Trump is getting Adderall or Provigil or some sort of speed, some sort of upper, some sort of thing to help him construct thoughts to speak fluently to actually be able to just go and go and go to get uh, Donnie Motormouth. Which, listen to him right here. Yes, they have this witch hunt going on with people in the Justice Department that shouldn't it's be there. Still going. Witch hunt against the President still of the United going. States going on. I've taken the position and I don't have to take the position and maybe I'll change. <laughs> okay. I'm turn See, that's again. a guy who's panicked. That's yeah. clearly a guy who's panicked. <laughs> no. Uh, but so I think he's getting that from Ronnie Jackson. I think he's getting, because we heard maybe, yeah. in some of John Tester's report and, and, and of course corroborated by the New York Times that one of the uh, medications that uh, that Ronnie Jackson hands out like Skittles in the, inside the White House, something called Provigil, which is an alternative to Adderall. It's a kind of a form of speed. It helps people wake up. It helps people form thoughts more easily when they're in sort of that morning fog and everything like that. And you you take that when you're feeling fine and you've had a few cups of coffee, then suddenly it's motor mouth dot. So it's a, by the way, another Elvis uh, similarity <laughs> for those of you yeah. keeping a chart at home. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, brand new news from the Candyman. <laughs> man is Ronnie Jackson. He's no longer going to be the White House physician. He's, right, he's no longer going to be Donald Trump's doctor. I still think, though, he's working in the White House. I think he's still part of the White House yes. medical unit. That's correct. Yeah, just no longer the president's doctor. Yeah. So um, he alleged Ronnie Jackson. This is the latest news. This is a big breaking news story today. Ronnie Jackson allegedly threatened Mike Pence's doctor. And so this is actually Mike Pence's doctor uh, stepping forward and telling people that Ronnie Jackson (laughs) went after him. It's even bigger than that. Uh, Pence's doctor is alleging that Dr. Ronnie Jackson violated the federally protected HIPAA privacy of his wife, Karen Pence. Oh, don't mess Uh, with mother. yeah, well, there's that, and 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 then threatening his doctor on top of that, and then it gets even bigger when you see that Pence's doctor reported this to White House officials last September. So the White House had knowledge of this before Trump nominated uh, Dr. Ronnie Jackson to run the Veterans Administration 
yeah. the second largest agency of the federal government with the second largest budget. Yeah, and I remind you again that, yeah, Ronnie Jackson worked under George W. Bush. He worked under Barack Obama. Obama. But it was only Donald Trump who decided that this guy was worthy to run one of the most complicated cabinet-level departments in the executive branch of government of the United States. That is the Veterans Affairs Department. And there is no way this guy is qualified to do that, even if his nose was clean. And his nose is definitely not clean. He's got his own problems with booze, if you believe the reports. Uh, And someone who actually, uh, not surprisingly, doesn't believe the reports is Donald Trump. This is a... uh, this Yeah, shocking. Shocking, I know. This is Donald Trump talking about this whole uh, issue in his Saturday night uh, rally. I also wanted to call it the Saturday night massacre because it kind of actually it was a Saturday You're night. getting ahead of yourself. Saturday night comedy massacre. Here's, a, yes. right, here's Trump talking about John Tester, Senator John Tester, uh, the Democrat from Montana with a flat top haircut. He's, John Tester's missing like three fingers on one of his hands. And, he, and what, what of Tester, just for clarity, Tester did what that prompted this response from Trump? Well, John Tester, as I, I said earlier, John Tester is actually the guy, the senator who sits on the committee that would have been t- with approving uh, Ronnie Jackson's nomination. He's the ranking member of that committee. And he compiled a, a bunch of uh, uh, reports, first-hand he put reports. Together the, okay, he put together the report on, on Jackson. Exactly okay. right. Put together all, right. all that information on Ronnie Jackson. About I, the I had pills forgotten. I appreciate the memory refresh on that. Yeah, so here's Donald Trump talking about John Tester uh, and then relating all of that back to Ronnie Jackson. Senator John Tester of a really great place, Montana, who voted, by the way, in favor of sanctuary cities, who's weak on the border, didn't vote for tax cuts. He took a gentleman who is a truly high-quality human being. Mm -hmm. And what they said about him, what they said about this great American doctor, Ronnie Jackson, an admiral in the Navy, he served three presidents. Pres- By the way, Trump making things worse for Trump here. I just want yeah. to add oh, that. Yeah. I always. Gotta- <laughs> it's what he does best. Always, always, always. President Obama said he was fantastic. President Bush said he was fantastic. I say he's fantastic. This is a high-quality individual like they would love in Montana. And Tester started throwing out things that he's heard. Well, I know things about Tester that I could say, too. Uh, and if I said him, no, you don't. Yeah. He'd Liar. never be elected again. See, there it is. There yes, it is. He he's blackmailing John Tester on national television. Well, in the loosest sense of the term, he's just being a dick. Yeah, I mean, and is, uh, that's that's the main thing. I don't know that blackmail charges could be filed. That's he's he's making a threat with something he probably cannot back up. No, uh, no. which is uh, typical of him. Uh, yeah, and the, the crowd is chewing, uh, cheering, and booing. <laughs> chewing, actually, <laughs> but cheering and booing. Uh, yeah. And chewing yeah. uh, at at the things that he says at all the right places, as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Well, here's uh, here's more of this. This is how he gets uh, more into Ronnie Jackson. Yeah. Oh. What John Tester did mm. to this man is a disgrace. Admiral Jackson started studying, and he was working so hard. I suggested it to him. You know, he war hero, uh, a leader, a great. You know, he's an admiral. A great, great guy, 50 years old, and he started studying. And then he started getting hit with vicious rumors, vicious. And the Secret Service told me just coming in, sir, 
We checked out all of those things. Sir, they're not true. They're not true. Don't we fly. need to drain the swamp. Right. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Continues on and on and on. Uh, Breaks my heart. Yeah, I don't know where to begin on that thing. I mean, high <laughs> high quality individual. By the way, this is before that we hear this news about Mike Pence's doctor, and uh, and all of those allegations too. Right. right. <laughs> so Donald Trump did a great job of just wrapping his chubby arms around uh, Ronnie Jackson's waist and hanging on for dear you know, life. And, Good and job. And he talks about he talks about Obama loved him. Uh, w yeah. loved him. Obama and W, like Trump, would see Ronnie Jackson three or four times a year for a half an hour or an hour at a time. Yeah. It was only Trump who thought that qualified Jackson to be secretary of the VA. And remember, too, that the the other person that Donald Trump has referred to as being a high-quality individual mm-hmm. was Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> I mean, what does that tell you? Well, He's sure. a, Ronnie Jackson, who is handing out opioids like M&Ms inside the White House. He kept them out. He would leave, like when he'd go home at night, he would uh, leave out bottles of pills for anybody who would need them. <laughs> On his doorstep. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I mean, and this guy is a high-quality individual in the same way that Donald Trump Jr. is a high-quality individual. So what does that tell us about Donald Trump Jr.? Okay, so it tells us that if justice is ever served, we're going to need a lot of really big buses. Yeah. Prison buses. Right. So, I mean, all of this crap was completely overlooked because of the the press and the Trumpers going batshit about uh over Michelle Wolf. Yeah, over mm-hmm. themselves and over their own choices and and uh and looking like hypocrites and contradictory right. assholes and all the rest of it. But here's uh here's another bit of news. It's not Trump doesn't have just one crazy doctor. Trump has Trump has two crazy doctors. This guy. Hi, everybody. uh, Who, this is one of the most intriguing stories of the week so far, Buzz. Trump's doctor in New York, crazy Dr. Harold Bornstein. Oh, yeah, the guy with the long gray hair, huh? Yeah, who's basically just like Dr. Nick Riviera in The Simpsons. Hi, everybody. That guy. Dr. Harold Bornstein says that Trump's bodyguard and his lawyer, Trump's lawyer, raided Bornstein's office and stole medical files. Oh, my God. Now, that's a big story. He's talking about, Sh- talking about Schiller and Cohen, I presume. Yeah, this is from NBC News. In February 2017, a top White House aide who was Trump's longtime personal bodyguard, along with a top lawyer at the Trump Organization and a third man, hmm. so three guys, showed up at the office of Trump's New York doctor without notice and took all the president's medical uh- records. I'll bet the third guy was G. Gordon Liddy. I'll bet the third guy was G. Gordon Liddy. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. And now the review and comment of the news in which I read the paper for an hour. <laughs> okay. Um, so this, uh, they showed up at Trump's office and, uh, and took all the president's medical records. And the incident, which Dr. Harold Bornstein described, this is a firsthand report from, from Trump's own doctor. These aren't anonymous sources, but mm-hmm. he described this as a raid, quote-unquote. It wow. took place two days after Bornstein told a newspaper that he had prescribed a hair growth medicine for the president for years. <laughs> in an exclusive interview in his Park Avenue office, Bornstein told NBC News that he felt, huh, quote, raped, frightened, and sad when Keith Schiller and another, quote unquote, large man came to his office to collect the president's records on the morning of February 3, 2017. At the time, Schiller 
who had long worked as Trump's bodyguard, was serving as director of Oval Office operations at the White House. Quote, they must have been here for 25 or 30 minutes. It created a lot of chaos, Bornstein said, which is kind of remarkable when you think about it, because I'm sure Bornstein's got monkeys in there, and they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're just, yeah. there's uh, random balloons and trap doors and all kinds of crazy shit hanging off the ceilings. I can only imagine the inside of this crazy person's office. But the but he said that these guys also added their own their own chaos. A framed 8x10 photo of Bornstein and Trump that had been hanging on the wall in the waiting room now lies flat under a stack of papers on the top shelf of Bornstein's bookshelf. Bornstein said the men asked him to take it off the wall. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bornstein said he was not given a form authorizing the release of records and of signed not. by the president known as a HIPAA release, which is also the situation with Mike Pence's right, doctor right. and Ronnie Jackson, which is in violation of patient privacy law. A person familiar with the matter said that there was a, a letter to Bornstein from then White House doctor Ronnie Jackson, but didn't know if there was a release form attached. Jesus Christ. All right, you know what this all boils down to? And again, I know I sound like I should be wearing a tinfoil hat, but I honest to God believe that Trump is concealing his his actual medical condition from the public. This is a this is a uh, whatever it was third season of the West Wing scandal, I believe, where <laughs> right. the, the president is concealing uh, medical issues that he might have and then right. and then maybe perhaps blackmailing these two crazy doctors who have Probably lots of skeletons. We know that Ronnie oh, Jackson sure, has a lot of skeletons sure. in his closet, yeah. which Trump knows about. And uh, and so I believe that Trump is blackmailing these doctors to present fake stats for right. medical statistics and medical reports for Donald Trump. We know that that letter that Bornstein allegedly for, wrote was, uh, he, was bogus, right? Yeah, Trump has a series of motives here, including vanity, uh, but also including protecting... His actual physical condition, yeah. especially in light of his attacks on Hillary's condition uh -huh. during the campaign. Right. Uh, this would be another area of hypocrisy. Uh, not surprising, uh, but uh, it would be uncovered by such a revelation. I, I am dying to know, because if I'm Dr. Bornstein, as soon as those guys left, yeah. uh, maybe while they were there, I would have picked up the phone and called the police. Uh -huh. Did he ever report this crime? of the taking of these federally protected documents? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, and, and my guess is I doubt he did, because my yeah. guess is also that other weird goings-on are happening inside sure, Bornstein's sure. office. And he's got his own skeletons as well. I mean, yeah. he, you know, some of what they took was made-up stuff, I'm guessing, uh, although some of it may reveal actual medical readings, actual medical statistics about Trump. Uh, we also know that Bornstein... Uh, ginned up that that statement about Trump's health uh, prior to the election, uh, saying he was. I, I don't even remember the ridiculous claims he made about Trump's fitness for office, uh, but that would be uh, contradicted. And uh, you know, if that kind of stuff is in the files too, that could be as embarrassing to Bornstein. So I don't know. Bornstein looks like the kind of doctor you go to if you needed diet pills. <laughs> You know the uh, the waiting room at the end of uh, Beetlejuice, where Beetlejuice is sitting there next to a guy with a shrunken head. That's actually that was shot on location inside Bornstein's uh, waiting room <laughs> at his doctor's I office. I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know why Bornstein is is saying all these things if they're not true. It seems like a, a long no, time to wait. No, this is a woman. Uh, this is another woman scorned uh, situation. Yeah, uh, maybe th this is a guy who stood up for Trump and lied for Trump, and they do this to him. Yeah, you know, and there's a 
a there's a trail of broken hearts behind uh, Donald Trump in this regard, and uh, Bornstein's is now just another of them. And uh, for investigators, uh, this makes their work easier. I hope some FBI agents are on their way over to Bornstein's <laughs> office now uh, to ask him some questions about this. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know what? We've got the president still on the line from Thursday morning. Let's oh, check that's in. Impossible, Let's Bob. check in with him and see if he has it, Mr. President. A day or two, because I own the Miss Universe pageant, so I went there to watch it yep. because it was near Moscow. So, so I go, go to Russia. Now I go there. Everybody's talking about Russia. Mr. President, about Bornstein. Did you? Well, his memo said immediately. All right, never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that's I, I want to. I'm really excited to see where this goes because ultimately, I think this is going to land on Bornstein describing Trump's actual physical problems and not yeah, bullshitting well, like he did last he time. Is, since nobody's nobody's taking care of him anymore, yeah. uh, since he's under the bus with a bunch of other people, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you know one of them's going to talk. Maybe it'll be this guy. And meanwhile, God damn it, another Jesus. God- Another White House typo could have launched a war in the Middle East. And my question about this particular typo is, was it deliberate? Was this a deliberate yeah. thing that uh, that was that uh, that uh, John Bolton was responsible for? Well, um, first of all, what's a typo between contentious world powers? <laughs> I know. But again, this is the White House that has typos for and, everything. And- and yeah, I mean, I think initially, and if you read the whole original statement in context, it appears to be a support for what Netanyahu had to say that day. Right. So and here- and and they only changed one sentence of it. So now, if you go back and read it, and and I know you're going to lay all this out, but if you put the corrected version at the top of the rest of it instead of the original version at the top of the rest of it, the the rest of it doesn't make any sense. No. But, but please lay it out for us. Yeah. This is like I mean, it's presented as like breaking news. I mean, the headline says, as as you were alluding to, statement by the press secretary on Israel's announcement related to Iranian nuclear weapons development. Oh, holy fucking shit. Uh-huh. So what's that all about? And then you start Sounds reading serious. it. Yeah, and it says, uh, it talks about uh, the United States is aware of the information just released by Israel and continues to examine it carefully. This information provides new and compelling details about Iran's no, efforts to develop missile deliverable nuclear weapons. So this is like, oh my God, they're doing it now. And then it went on to say, these facts are consistent with what the United States has long known. Iran, and this is the original version, Iran uh-huh. has a robust clandestine nuclear weapons program that it has tried and failed to hide from the world and from its own people. The Iranian regime has shown it it will use destructive weapons against its neighbors and others. Iran must never have nuclear weapons. So this is a, I mean, Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC last night called this a a, a deliberate lie. I mean, she used the word lie. Why would the White House lie? We know that Iran isn't developing weapons, right? Uh, no, it, it, uh, it's a combination of things. It fit their agenda. Uh, they didn't bother to check. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, these are the kinds of things they do. But as I said, even if you change, even if you hadn't changed that one letter from an S to a D, if you hadn't changed has to had yeah. past tense, the rest of the uh, comment goes on to say that therefore Iran cannot be trusted. Uh, Netanyahu's uh, little PowerPoint <laughs> presentation uh, that the, was broadcast to the world for an audience of one uh, yesterday yeah. uh, was to tell Trump uh, not to uh, continue in the Iran nuclear deal. And in, in it, worldwide agreement that Netanyahu presented absolutely positively not a shred of anything new in his statement. And all of those 
documents that he had lined up at a bookshelf, much the way Trump laid out his financial documents uh, on election. Yeah. Uh, none of that, all of that is from before the Iran nuclear agreement when we already knew they were doing those things. Netanyahu presented no evidence yesterday that Iran's been up to any monkey business since the Iran nuclear deal. And in fact, U.S. officials and international officials have confirmed that Iran is living up to the nuclear deal. Yep. Even whether whether you write that statement as has or had, when you read the entire statement, it's insane. It is. And it does reflect the views of John Bolton, who right. does want regime change there. So this is crazy for a number of reasons. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, saber-rattling about jumping out of the Iran deal and, and abandoning it, as Trump is surely going to do any day now. Uh, not only, not as we said before, not only will this screw up everything that's going on in North Korea because the United States doesn't live up to its deals, but then also, I mean, what we're talking about here is an immediate restarting of the Iran nuclear weapon program. Trump, Trump, part of Trump's comments uh, in in person yesterday were that uh, with this deal, uh, when the deal expires in seven years, Iran can start making nuclear weapons again. Well, no, that's not what the deal says. No. Once again, he has no fucking idea of what he's talking <laughs> no. about. And, no. and so you you have that on one hand, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I just by swearing, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> But oh God. I know. You know, but 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 he's he's wrong on that and yeah. and oh and he and he added to that I remember the rest he said I, seven years is like tomorrow well <laughs> no it isn't Jesus uh, seven God. years is seven years yeah. and uh, that that hasn't changed although these days who can tell right but but you know he he just has no concept of what reality is and. I think Netanyahu knows that and was hoping that his little PowerPoint presentation would sway Trump. Yeah. And I love Rachel Maddow's uh, trolling of Trump using math where she said, you know, seven years is more than zero years. If you pull yes. out of the Iran deal, then it will be zero years before Iran starts developing nuclear and, and, weapons and again. And actually worse, because after yeah. the seven years, no, Iran is not able to instantly start up its nuclear program again. If we pull out of the deal, Iran can instantly start up its nuclear program. There is no comparison between the two. The distance between zero and seven is even greater than what Rachel Maddow has pointed out. Oh, shit. You know what, uh, Buzz? We haven't even gotten to the New York Times. We haven't gotten no, to the bombshell no. questions from last no, night. So, we we have... Jesus do Christ. you have time to go over 49 questions? <laughs> I don't know. We'll try, we'll try to squeeze in a few of them. We're going to take a quick break and come back and try to dig into those right after these words. You're not going out to play until you've finished all your homework. Oh, mother scrubber. No dessert until you've eaten your vegetables. <sighs> mother scrubber. Who's mommy's little oogie woogums? Show your mama some love. Give me a kiss. Oh, mother scrubber. You're not going out dressed like that, are you? Oh, mother scrubber. This Mother's Day, celebrate the first woman in your life, the one who taught you everything you know with a special something from Bubble Genius. Like our Mother Scrubber gift basket loaded with mama-friendly stuff, including our cocoa butter-enhanced Yo Mama bath bar and hippie stench perfume. Or Fresh Pick Suds, a lovely collection of flower soaps for your sweet ma. How about an artsy Bath of Venus bath bar? Bubble Genius has something for the best mother scrubbin' mama out there. Yours. BubbleGenius.com 
Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. Okay, you know I forgot to mention this uh, when you were talking about Ronnie Jackson. Trump has moved ahead with his plan to seek the death penalty for drug dealers. I, I assume exempting the drug dealer that works inside the White House. So <laughs> that's fair. That seems fair, doesn't it? Huh? Uh, Abbott wears a little bracelet. It's a WWDD. What would Duterte do? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Trump Trump going full Duterte. <laughs> ah, shit. Okay, so bombshell news story comes out late in, uh, in uh, uh, the New York Times last night with these questions, uh, something like 49 different questions that Robert Mueller wants to ask Donald Trump in the context of their interview together. And there's lots of uh, speculation about where these came from. Were they leaked by the Trump team? Were they leaked by the Mueller team? Legal experts are suggesting that it was the Trump team that leaked the questions, uh, mm-hmm. looking at some of the typos and grammar usage inside the questions themselves. Uh, other people are saying it's the yeah. Mueller team and, and some sort of jujitsu to try to get Trump to agree to uh, sit down for an interview. Um, regardless, I think the most telling aspect of these questions is just going back to what uh, Donald Trump's legal team and all of the people surrounding him say, which is that if Donald Trump answers these questions, it is legal suicide for Donald Trump, thus revealing that everyone around him knows that Donald Trump will lie his ass off to mm-hmm. Robert or Mueller. Simply, or simply incriminate himself, even if he, even if he does tell the truth. Uh, he's likely to say something that would incriminate himself. So, yeah, it'll either be a lie or self-incrimination or both Yeah. Uh, in answer to that, and it is their greatest fear. They had to crap themselves when they got this list from Mueller. I know. I, I believe a real, a very real and deep panic had to have set in yeah. with the president, with, with his uh, lawyers. Uh, if this doesn't tell them that the end is at their door, that it's very, very near. <laughs> I, I don't know what would. And and I know that they know that, and I know that they're panicked about it. Uh, and, and you still have Trump, who still apparently wants to sit down with Mueller because he believes this will put all this behind him. Yeah. And, and then you have even his attorney, you know, Rudy came in, Rudy Giuliani came in to start the talks up with Mueller again, and not so much to make the interviews happen, but to control how they happened if, in fact, they did. Right. Uh, now, even Giuliani's got to be wanting to do what uh, what John Dowd had done, and that is just shut it down and say no, because that's what Dowd did. Yeah. After after they got these questions from Trump, <laughs> yeah. Dowd and Trump uh, shut down the talks with, with Mueller, and then within uh, under two weeks from then, Dowd quit. He was gone. Yeah, yeah, Dowd quit because Donald Trump insisted that he wants to answer these questions in order to put the whole thing to rest, as if answering questions is going to expedite rather than lengthen this investigation and of course it will let if he answers those questions it is it's going to add all kinds of additional counts to the if the potential indictments right. it's going to add more information to whatever report he hands down to uh, uh rod rosenstein and, and hopefully eventually united states congress but uh of course donald trump always makes things worse for donald trump and john dowd the pig man a pig man 
John Dowd resigned, as you said, over that, and uh, and, and now it looks like uh, the whole thing is up in the air, whether he uh, answers questions or whether he doesn't answer questions. Who the hell knows? But we do know that Donald Trump responded to the existence of these questions in the New York Times. Uh, for Trump to answer these questions uh, for the purpose of putting it behind him, yeah. He's going to be putting it behind him in such a way it will be uncomfortable to sit down for a very long time. <laughs> That's uh, true. It, I, I, I think that the investigation is pretty much wrapped up and that it's down to his answers to these questions and then, you know, a little paperwork tidying and we're good to go. I think that's where we are, at least on the obstruction charges, although there were a few questions in there about collusion and business dealings as well. The vast majority were about obstruction. And I think, as I said before, uh, Mueller's already there. He's done with obstruction investigating, except for the Trump interview. And uh, it's very important. There's a reason he saved it for last. And I do believe he's ready to go forward whether Trump sits down or not. If Trump does sit down with the interview, uh, it might delay it long enough to update the paperwork, but... I, I think, if anything, it'll make the end come faster. Yeah, I mean, the question I have is the same question that Adam Schiff had on the Matto show last night, which is, why aren't there any questions here about money laundering? I kind of thought that part of this investigation mm. would circulate around uh, Trump's money laundering and his links to Russian oligarchs and the funneling of there's, cash. There's, through... that, there's that Democrat self-doubt again. I, yeah. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> th another, that's another issue for another day. Yeah. Uh, stop whining, Adam Schiff. I mean, I love you, man, but but stop whining about that and appreciate what you have in front of you right mm. now. Is there more to do? Yeah, undoubtedly. Are there more crimes to investigate and prosecute? Undoubtedly. Uh, but we got to start. This nation cannot, and you and I cannot, suffer this much longer. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think to at least get some solid uh, convictable charges in there, whether or not they're actually pursued as, as such, but to get those convictable charges out there, I think, is a big, big and necessary step. Let me bounce this off of you, Buzz. If these questions did, in fact, come from Trump's team, if they yeah, were the ones who leaked this did. to uh, to yeah. Michael Schmidt, the New York Times, uh -huh. if they did this, why would they give Michael Schmidt all the questions? Why wouldn't they hold back some questions that might further incriminate Trump just by their very nature? Like we have, I mean, most of these questions, uh, bear with me on this. Most of these yeah. questions link to some news story that's already been made public. And I would say right. most of them, there's some new information in there. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Uh, for example, uh, what did Trump know about Paul Manafort reaching out to Russia for assistance with the campaign? That was one of the that's news huge. things that we heard. That's yeah. huge because yeah. we knew that Russia had reached out to the Trump campaign. Right. This is the first time we've heard anything about the Trump campaign reaching out to Russia. What made Robert Mueller ask this? Does he know something? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's that's one out of 49 questions. Right. My mm -hmm. thing, and this goes back to why I brought up money laundering, which is that oh. maybe they didn't leak the money laundering questions. Maybe they held back the money laundering questions Possibly. because they didn't want to be involved well, secretly by leaking it, they would be in, they would still be involved if they, and they didn't want to be the ones responsible for getting that story reignited in the press again for, well, and they, yeah, the prosecutors left themselves a door open for that. Uh, yeah. in uh, when they asked about Trump's uh, business conversations uh, with Russian officials in Moscow in 2013. Uh, no, there are not a lot of business questions on there, but there are a few. And as uh, has been pointed out by analysts already, uh, 
these are not singular questions. Yeah. These are topic areas uh -huh. that are conversation starters yeah. for uh, what could be 48 more questions, 49 more questions for each of the 49 questions we now know about. Uh, these, this is just to open the door. And, and I believe that door is open. I, I believe we need to be a little more patient. I am really impressed at what appears to be uh, a stunning case for obstruction of justice. Oh yeah, don't make, uh, don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm not l looking a gift horse in the mouth of all of this. I actually do believe, and my further theory, and this is the more more likely theory, is that the money laundering questions, if you recall, we learned uh, I don't know how many months ago it was that the Mueller investigation was working with Eric Schneiderman, who's the Attorney General mm -hmm. of the state of New York. Right. Uh, and we've also known that there's a linkage between the Mueller investigation and the investigation that's going on uh, by Robert Kuzumai in the Southern District of New York, uh, revolving right. around Michael Cohen. It's very possible that mm. either one of those jurisdictions, the Attorney General's office in the state of New York or the Southern District of New York, which is federal, Either one of those investigations could be pursuing Donald Trump on money laundering charges. You know what? I think you've nailed it. I think that's yeah. exactly what's going on. Yeah. If you think back, uh, Mueller handed over uh, the evidence he had on Cohen to uh, the prosecutors in the Southern District of New York because he felt it was out of uh, his purview. Uh, they and the New York Attorney General certainly have jurisdiction in this case right. in that much of these business dealings took place in or were based in Manhattan, which is in their jurisdictions. Uh, I think the FBI agents went into Cohen's office looking for business materials. Mm -hmm. And so that part of it, and much of that apparently concerning Trump, since uh, Cohen only had three clients, uh, much of that material is what you would need for uh, the kind of case that Adam Schiff is talking about in terms of, of money laundering and Trump's business dealings. So you're right. I believe, I think you've nailed it exactly. I think it's going to be pursued by another entity. But as you can see, and as we've discussed before, there is overlap between these two investigation yeah I, and i'm not a lawyer so i don't know exactly what the uh the, the legal reasoning behind this would be but it's possible that Mueller is merely using money laundering as the pretext for how donald trump could have been compromised by russia it's it's more of a yeah. a motive right. or a, how did donald trump ended up end up in this situation where he is deeply and badly compromised by Russia to the point where he will do anything to keep them happy. Well, it could be the, the money laundering charges, which are being investigated by the one or both of these other uh, investigatory bodies in New York. So we'll see about that. I mean, it, mm -hmm. but I mean, what we also know is that Donald Trump spends some time tweeting about this and what that let us know, what that told us this morning is that Donald Trump didn't read the questions. <laughs> he didn't read yeah, what, the, what um, the story was because he said here on Twitter, it would seem right. very hard to obstruct justice for a crime that never happened, witch hunt, he screams out here. And of course, you can obstruct justice for a crime that didn't happen. If you believe the crime happened and you're trying to stop the investigation, that is obstruction of justice. It doesn't right. matter whether you're innocent of the uh, original charges that can sure, still be Sure, if you interfere in any way, that's obstruction, yeah. yes. Yeah, and then he said, so disgraceful that the questions concerning the Russian witch hunt were leaked, in quotes, to the media. No mm -hmm. questions on collusion. Well, that's wrong, too, because there are at least a dozen questions about collusion in these questions. And he said, uh, oh, he's getting snarky here. He said, oh, I see you have a made-up phony crime, collusion that never existed, and an investigation begun with illegally leaked classified information. Nice! He yells out yeah. here. <laughs> so uh, so that, that was his reaction. And, of course, again, 
I guess he was looking, I guess he did a word search for the word collusion and determined that because the word collusion didn't appear, that means there is, of course, no collusion. Yeah. I'm paying less attention to what he says about those things and more attention to the things that are happening around him. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Trump's campaign paid nearly $228,000 for part of Michael Cohen's legal fees. Well, good for them. Yeah, another bit of uh, illegality. Oh, by the way, you know John Dean, who was the uh, White House counsel under Nixon and famously uh-huh. uh, uh, narked yes. on uh, the Nixon administration and, and the congressional right. hearings, he said that they, if the Trump team released these questions, that uh-huh. could be perceived as obstruction of justice, too. Sure. I mean, I don't know what the motive is at the White House. It could have been somebody who was disgruntled. But uh, nothing has leaked from the Mueller team. I believe this did not leak from the Mueller team. That only leaves one party. Somebody in the White House. Somebody in the White House. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, and finally, Trump Jr., Donald Trump Jr. and Emin Agalarov have maintained a direct line of communication before and after the 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Smart. Boy, is he a smarty pants. Donald Trump Jr. (laughs) Good to make friends. Let's let's you and I get Russian pen pals. (laughs) Yeah. Another corollary to the Trump rule, Donald Trump Jr. always makes things worse for Donald Trump Jr. And, by the way, everyone around him. So uh, that is that. All right, the post-mortem show. What's that? I was just going to add, the ass doesn't fall far from the hat. (laughs) Well put. Uh, The post-mortem show is coming up next. Everything we didn't get to uh, in the past uh, hour and 15 minutes or so. Uh, you can find the postmortem show on our Patreon page. You can go to bobseska.com and click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo. It'll take you to our Patreon page where you can sign up at various levels of support for the show. And for the uppermost levels, the $5 level, $10 level, and $15 level, you get all kinds of bonus content, including commercial-free versions of this show. You get the post-mortem show. You get the after-party, which is a lot of fun, and uh, all kinds of other good premium stuff that we offer on that uh, on that page. Do uh, this. Yeah. All the cool kids are hanging out on our Patreon That's page. Right. Well, why aren't you one of the cool kids? Ask yourself yeah. that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that's coming up next. Oh, by the way, Buzz Burbank News and Comment can be found at buzzburbank.com and realmnetwork.com. Also, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and uh, and iTunes. Uh, meanwhile, let's see, who else? Uh, Mark and Lowell Show is at realmnetwork.com. Jody uh, Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. Jackie Schechner's at investigaterussia.org. And Kimberly Johnson is at star- uh, patreon.com slash startmeup. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.